Welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Piss Box, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Capsaurus, broadcasting as always from Meth Mountain TV. And I also want to introduce my musically procussively proficient co-host, calling in from Charm City, Mr. Odell Norman. So I've made an executive <laughs> decision. I'm renaming the show Musical Piss Box. It is so <laughs> all I was, I, I was waiting for the attention, attention, all the ships. Yeah, it, it, it sounded like you were coming from that. <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> Nothing, dude. We're doing a train wreck, not a Trump train wreck, but a train wreck right. of a fucking music episode today because it's been a hard year and we just want to do something fun that didn't take a whole lot of thought or effort. And speaking of a whole lot of thought and effort, broadcasting from her medically sealed bubble in the next room, pushing all the important sanitized buttons, is our fabulous producer, D. Maven, D. D. Danielle D. D. The woman of a thousand three D does things. That's me. I bet your birth certificate. Mm-hmm. Is uh, yeah. You have. Oh yeah. I j- well, you know, I shortened it to D because apparently it's hard to spell Danielle in some places. And, like uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you got like one of them call me two syllable words mm-hmm. for a name. And it's not Brittany or <laughs> JC or Caden or, or you know, spelled. Oh, Crystal. Yeah. I like the fact I live on Meth Mountain and there are so many crystals that live here. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All right, um, let's get our friends in we'll here. Leave that one We've alone. have friends. <laughs> We've got Dan and Danny. I'll let you decide which is Harsha and which is Alvin. From the Southern Maryland Guitar Guild, yes. spanking Ooh. our ass. We've been together five years. This is episode 125. They've been together five minutes, and they're about to do their 100th episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, guys? How's everybody tonight? AD, how are you? Good. Uh, hey, everybody. Dan Alban here. It's a pleasure to be a part of this mess. Yes, that's yes. a disaster, as Dan got that one earlier. Dan and Dan, are you ending the year with your 100th episode, or are you kicking off 2020? Does 2020 not deserve your 100th episode? Are you kicking 2021 no, that, off with 100? I, I, yeah, yeah, look, I got a key race alert. Um, we're modifying the schedule um, around Thanksgiving and Christmas, extending the break to two weeks each. That way we okay. can kick off 2021 with the 100th episode celebration. Fuck yeah. Is this, right. is this your first time saying it's on air? Do we have a musical um, piss box exclusive tonight? Absolutely. Yeah, you do. Breaking news. Yeah, that's right. This is alert. Yeah, we're going to take 2021 back in the direction it needs to go in with a positive 100th episode, man. Nice, nice. So is it going to be all flowers and sunshine? <laughs> don't have me on yeah. that's what you're shooting for just <laughs> minor major chords that's all, all, yeah, right. that's all. we've got one Nothing more guest sense. hiding in the background our friend Kevin Jones Kevin you still yeah. have a podcast with Dorsey because I wasn't able to find it yes it's called The Basement Shuffle available Ooh, anywhere whoop. you listen to podcasts anywhere I was Check looking on out. SoundCloud and I couldn't find it okay maybe not everywhere <laughs> 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 Actually, the Dude, 30 seconds in. 
30 <laughs> seconds in and you're already telling fibs. Hey, are you running for all together? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's going to be the mayor of um, St. Mary's County. Nice. Right. Well, I live in Charles, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run for St. Mary's County. No. You better live in the county you're running in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk some music, my friends. And one thing we talk about every time we have like a big format show is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's start off with this, and everybody just jump in. How do you guys feel about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Complete bullshit? Are you pissed every year? The people who don't make it in? What's you guys' takes on this? It, it's kind of lost its luster over the years for me. I see really good. They should just change it to the mu- uh, Music Hall of Fame. I think the name Rock and Roll has kind of gone away because they're getting artists of all genres there now. So maybe we need to change up the name of it because rock and roll, you kind of like it just types casually to one type of music. I mean, that's where it's getting mm. kind of confusing. I think you need to update the branding because what they're doing is awesome. Don't get me wrong, man. They're putting the top elite artists that we know on planet Earth in the one building, which is cool. I just think update the name, say, hey, we're welcoming all people. Rock and roll was cool back in the day to get every, get it started, but we've gone past that. That That's my take on it. I'll let everybody else talk about it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'll go next if you guys are okay with that. Um, yeah. Should we all, wait, should we all vote on it in our piss box? <laughs> should we take a piss box survey? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a different... I'm, I'm, a ma- I'm mailing mine in. Oh, no. No, no, no. no. And we're going to have that fucking recounts and... Don't walk away from the ballot before you count it. Don't walk away. Do not walk away. So I'm going to take a different, (laughs) I'm going to take a little different spin on what, what Dan Harsha just said. Um, it's, it's, I think the, the, the union of the voting and it's a big, big money making machine really. Mm -hmm. And they really pass up a lot of people who deserve to be there. And the ones that do get in, a lot of them do not take it seriously. Um, I think for, it's a popularity thing. It's a, they, they bring in people that are really just like, wow, those people are already in, but this person isn't. I, I don't really agree with a lot of the ways they do things. I think it's a shit show, personally, and, and I, don't, I, I could care less about it. But if it was changed to a music hall of fame and it had more legitimacy, I would get behind it a lot more. Well, to that's your just my point. Opinion. Yeah, that's yeah. My that's my opinion. Yeah. This is this year's inductees. Depeche Mode, Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, Notorious B.I.G., and T-Rex. And if you were to go by what I consider the strict definition of rock and roll, the only one in there that is rock and roll, per se, that's T-Rex. not metal or rap or whatever, is T-Rex. And that's, that's exact- this year's inductees. So it, it is kind of fucking arbitrary at this point, right? It, it really is. It really is. T-Rex is the only thing that brought le- any legitimacy other than the Doobie Brothers, in my opinion. And as far as a rock and roll Hall of Fame goes, T-Rex is the epitome of rock and roll, really. Absolutely. So that, we shouldn't even be talking about this by now. That should have already happened. Here it is, 2020, and T-Rex is just getting in there? Why did they get that? Yeah, yeah. Same, way with, same way with Doobie Brothers. You look at them. You, when Nick just read it off, I'm like, oh, man, they're not in there. And, and, but then it's amazing how many bands when you read the list of bands that haven't made it. And I think that goes back to what, um, you know, some of the, uh, uh, some of the, the egos, it's sort of similar to the sports hall of fames. in in some sense, you have a lot of people that vote that have bones to pick with a lot of people. Right. So it takes them forever to get in because so-and-so didn't talk to this person or so-and-so didn't talk to this media or they, you know, we didn't like them because they disrespected me instead of actually basing it off of their pure talent. And I think you get that in the music one as well. There's there's some bands in there that you're like, okay, come on now. They should have been in there like when this thing first opened and, and, and they're still yeah, waiting to get in. Seems very political, doesn't it? Do you it think, Nick, I got a question for you, Nick. Do you think that behind the scenes there, there are lobbyists for these artists just like there are in politics to I get these people that recognition? I don't they, think in they, the they traditional sense, but I do think there's a lot of um, music industry movers and shakers that all are getting together and pulling strings and, and scratching each other's backs to make these things happen. So if that's what yeah. you mean by politics, and yeah, absolutely. Okay, that, that's a good answer. I mean, well, it's, a, it's a multi-billion dollar machine, music is. So. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone's everyone's corrupt in some way or another. <laughs> I mean, it'll be, it'll, everyone's corrupt in any multi-million billion yeah. dollar venture, from the church to a corporation. To I mean, there's what makes billion the Vat the Vatican's like sitting on a ton of fucking gold in their basement. What like what could be that big and not be corrupt? That's that's absolutely well, correct. It'll be it'll be interesting in a few years to see like I mean when we're a lot older to see where this goes because the, the music industry has changed too so you're having a lot of smaller labels you're having a lot of other means of music getting out there so what's going to constitute getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, is it going to be you know the the stuff that you see on the you know how the the radio stations have all changed now it's not independently owned they're all generically run by one big company. So is there going to be a funneling of, you're like, wait a minute, who, how the heck did this boy band get in or whatever get in over all of these other, like, true musicians? So it, it's going to be interesting in a handful of years where this goes, if, it, if it's going to actually last. And here's yeah. another thing. Right. We talked about this last episode. And as far as I know, I, you know, full disclosure, I haven't looked this up in the last year, year and a half. But the last time I checked, the music industry, Billboard, does not rate any music that's digital. They're still going by fucking archaic CD sales. And that's why you see bands like the Circle Jerks just posted something that their album like from 20 years ago just hit like number 74 on the Billboard chart this week. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Because they're buy- people are buying those things at fucking car washes. That's the only place people are getting music now. I don't understand. And the TV does this, too. TV is not counting streaming and their Nelson's ratings, Nielsen ratings, rather. And music is not, as far as I still know, Billboard is not counting digital downloads. How the fuck are these companies still, these rating companies, still operating this way? It's what makes money. The man who got quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Are we all dumbfounded? I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, I've never had anyone (laughs) seeing go... Man, you know what's on the top forty this week? I would laugh at them if they said that to me. I know exactly. <laughs> but think how different that musical landscape would look. Think how it would restructure the whole industry if they started pulling from has the most downloads ever pulling from like Bandcamp and shit like that, and from Spotify. Think how that would just drastically change and overhaul the whole music rating system. Yeah, it would change the Grammys. <laughs> Bands we have on yeah. Odell, like Death Valley Girls, may end up playing on the fucking Grammys if they did it that way. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, but what sells, man? You know, that's the thing. It, it's such a crazy thing to look at. It. Like, it, it's sort of it's ironic that you said that because I remember uh, watching Saturday Night Live this past weekend and Dave Chappelle made that, uh, uh, made a note of that, that, you know, uh, Chappelle show is streaming on Netflix, but he's not going to see a penny of it, you know, because it's, it's not in his hands anymore. He's like, yeah, all of a sudden, Chappelle show is right there on Netflix streaming. <laughs> and I'm not going to see anything from it. And it's like, wow. So it's, it's, who, it's who's running the show and who's going to get in. And, and like you said, I, it wouldn't surprise me if you start seeing people bidding and hearing things of, well, this group put this amount of money down to push this you know, artist to get in and stuff like that. It, it wouldn't surprise me to hear those kind but of things. But it pisses me off. They act like it's still illegitimate. What was the name of that first music site that came out? The first music sharing program, like Landscape, Netscape. What the hell was it called? Napster. 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 Yeah, they're acting like the, that Bandcamp is Napster or something, or Spotify is Napster. They're just, the, the mainstream music industry, the old like infrastructure, is still treating Spotify and streaming sites like they're Napster. I don't understand what, I don't understand what the payoff is from these guys doing that. There would be so much more money if they just fucking drove themselves into the 21st century and started acknowledging all these streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. Right. Is it too much for these, like these old fucking record execs to get their heads around? <laughs> I still yeah. vision. What I do you mean that there would be more these, money to be made? Yeah. Because just think how much more money you can make if they, if the, if the record industry that used to get all these cuts off, let's say DJ music, music being played on DJ stations. And you know there was shady shit going on where they're like, hey, play my album, blah, blah, blah. Imagine if, you, if they could oh, expand sure. that into Spotify. Like, think of all, the, all that money on the table, all these fucking untapped markets by them not trying to integrate into the streaming world. Uh, well, I'm a little confused. You're talking about payola <clears throat> as far as, like, paying to have somebody on your your radio station. Are you suggesting that 
record companies should promote their artists on streaming services with cocaine and money? What do you What are you saying? <laughs> Actually, that doesn't sound that bad. What I'm saying is, if you have a band that's popular today, like Skating Polly, it has a fucking crazy underground following, but no record exec probably even knows who they are because they DIY everything. Imagine bringing them into the fold and how what it would do for the Grammys if Skating Polly was on it. I belong to a Skating Polly group, and every time we have them on the podcast and we post a link, they go absolutely fucking bonkers over it. Imagine the, the, that being expanded to mainstream. Wow. Well, let's break it down to this. I wonder what the comparison is to CD sales to streaming. Let's take, okay, I'll say a band a that we just mentioned, Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. Let's take a band that we just mentioned, Foo Fighters. Let's take their CD sales, if that's what they're going by, and then compare it to their streaming sales and see which one is bigger and which one is, I would say that streaming would be, because that's how most people listen to, uh, especially young people. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Listen to music these days. And, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me that that's what they're going by is the archaic system of, of uh, hard copy. And so I think that in the next 10 years, I think it's going to have to switch to streaming. And hey, Kevin, you know what? To see. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say you make a good point because I just read an article, I guess it was about a month ago, that said that this year or either 2019 or either this year is going to be the first year that um that um album sales is going to outsell cd sales which is crazy to yeah. think you mean vinyl oh, okay you're, you're talking about vinyl yeah vinyl vinyl yeah. vinyl, yeah. vinyl is going to actually outsell cds Dude, first the time only in people still buying CDs a long time are like smother brothers and neil diamond fans hey right. i love neil diamond hey and i bet you have some <laughs> neil diamond cds <laughs> and country music artists yeah. and maybe country music artists yeah i mean it's going to have to be artists mm-hmm. No, no newer artist is going to be selling a hell of a lot of CDs. And most new artists don't even make CDs. They do everything via digital. They might make right. vinyl or for a special run, but they're not yeah. making CDs. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I had a vision. I'm always thinking about marketing. If I was a band and I was set up to make decisions, I would just get my music on streaming, let people get it for free, whatever. Who cares? But like, I know like Mr. Alban has his hi-fi set up. I would make special editions of series of albums for that segment of the um, music genre people that appreciate the artwork behind actual having albums. And I would push that type of merch. But I would like, you know, create a series, like a hundred ones with this type of cover, a hundred of that cover. And before you know it, loyal fans are buying three and four copies of the same album just to have the collection. You know what I mean? That, yeah, well, that's what's going on. That's what's going on now, especially yeah. with, say, Bandcamp. Uh, especially a lot of independent artists are releasing their music on Bandcamp, and they're also releasing their vinyl through Bandcamp, and they're releasing, like, different colored vinyl, like you're saying, a little gimmicky, but, you know, in limited release, so that people buy that, and um, they... Uh, you know, not only are they getting the digital sale, but they're getting the hardware sale. Well, let me give you the so, flip side uh, of this. You know what you're not getting with digital? That new CD smell. That? Don't you miss oh, the I new CD it. smell? Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, Don't you wish uh, somebody, uh, now that it's gone, somebody should smell. bottle that fucking fragrance and turn it into like a, an over 40s men cologne. I would wear new CD smell cologne. If they came out with it. <laughs> I miss I miss the uh, plastic. I miss the plastic. Um, uh, what would you call it? Like the bracket that came around the CD or the tape that uh, yeah. <laughs> you had to have the. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The shrink wrap. You could take it home. Yep. Yeah. No, no, yep. no, no. I'm talking no, about but... like the hard plastic bracket that you had to have the like. The yeah. Clerk open it had the it, it had the alarm on it. Oh, it had, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, I, when I worked at Tower, man, they had the alarm on them thing. I bought to burn uh, a CD of a band you're mad at, then download it into an MP3 um, MP3 player and smash it with a hammer. 
It's just easier when you're mad at a band of burner CDs. <laughs> I'm talking functionality here, okay? <laughs> I, I, I still can't believe music fans were so passionate back in the day that they actually said that to one another. I'm burning their album. I'm out on them, man. Dude, we just had the Dolly Rots on a couple months ago, and they said someone wrote them and sent them a video of them burning their CD. Because they yeah, said something they like, didn't like. Well, they were like, okay, well, thanks for buying it and burning it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you share it with your friends, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, dude, I remember when I was selling the Even Steven CD, I made this big pitch how, like, if you want to burn some liberal propaganda and make liberals cry, buy 10 of my CDs and burn them. That'll teach me and send me to my safe space. Nobody still bought even Steven CD. I thought it was how many, did, how many did you sell? Total, um, like six when we first came out with them. All well, right. We didn't sell any on Amazon. How many? How many Republicans bought? Here's the thing. Like that even Steven CD when we were making it, like nobody was even thinking about politics. But if you was to listen to songs like Office Politics and FBI Guy today, you'd be like, oh, this fucking band's liberal bullshit. But dude, we were just drinking beer and writing funny songs 20 years ago. Like that shit wasn't even in our heads. And a lot of times people go back and look at bands like we just had DRI on and they had one song called Gun Control like from 30 years ago. And the, Kurt, the singer, his profile pic is like him with an AR-15. He's an avid gun lover. And if you go on that YouTube on gun control, the whole thing is like, you have a song called Gun Control? Never listen to DRI again. And that song's like 30 years old. It doesn't even mean anything. <laughs> so it's crazy when people try to bring their values of today. And, and this goes for anything, dude. This goes when people get pissed off about that cold outside song and all that shit, too. You can't apply today's values retrospectively to something that happened 30, 40, 50 years ago. That's just fucking crazy. Right. Yeah, I was just watching um, uh, the documentary on the Comedy Store. And uh, the episode oh, yeah. was about, about cancel culture and, you know, just people uh, just sort of ruining people's careers with, you know, just being offended by a joke or something like that. And it's like, you know that you came to a comedy club, right? Like, this is all... Exactly. <laughs> this is like sort of like, you know, you're, you're destroying art that way, I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, mean, I agree. You know, it's even crazier when they try to go back and look at... I mean, dude, if you look at the old I Love Lucy episodes... Them motherfuckers were talking about beating their wife and chain smoking, but they slept in separate beds because that was considered taboo <laughs> for a married couple to sleep in the same bed. But Ricky's like chain smoking, right. talking about knocking his wife out. Like, <laughs> that was a different time. You can't put today's standards and values on a TV show from the 1960s or 50s. I, just, I can't wrap my right. head around cancel culture at all. Well, you can go. You can go back as recently as The Office. If I'm, I've been like just watching The Office streaming, just like binging it. And you're like, oh my gosh, if they said that today, some of the things that Steve Carell's character would say, oh my lord. Friends, the most milk toast, <laughs> like soft comedy show ever, and they have people um, screaming and yelling about shit on that show. Yeah, Friends yeah. What show that? Yep. Friends and Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, holy cow. More offended today than back then over some of those jokes. All right, we got off track. Let me ask you one more question. Every year, I'm looking at some of the nominees here. They have like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Motorhead. Are any of these, somebody even said Slayer was um, being considered at one point. Are any of these really heavy metal bands ever going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Do you ever see Slayer or, or Iron Maiden making it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Maiden. Yeah, Maiden doesn't, if, if Maiden doesn't get in, then there's lo, no legitimacy to this thing. Well, they haven't got exactly. it. Motorhead I mean, is another one. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, these are who actually I mean, got he, in. The Peshmo, Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, which is kind of metal, but I consider them industrial. Notorious B.I.G. and T-Rex. That's this year's inductees. But on a nomination okay. list this year was Judas Priest, Motorhead, like all Soundgarden, I guess they're kind of grunge, but there was all these metal bands on there, 
And these really heavy metal bands, not like Bon Jovi, but the Motorhead type bands, they don't ever fucking make it in. I don't see a world where a band like Slayer would ever make it into that. No, and the, and the Motorhead fans will be like, you know, well, fuck that thing. We don't care about it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but I think I think, but the you know the more the longer Lemmy is gone, the more he is. Um, uh, I guess his stat. I mean, he's always been respected, but it's even more so now the further away. So it wouldn't surprise me in a handful of years to see them get in there just from, I mean, he's already, I mean, already been iconic, but it just keeps growing. The more, you think the more his box things. will ever get into the rock and roll hall of fame. God, I hope so. It's a tough one. You know, they've been waiting a while. There is a lot of politics <laughs> involved. Damn. You think um, Pissbox well, has a chance? Let's start Pissbox. Hey, hey, uh, Duke, does anybody know how financially viable the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is right now? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, are they on shaky ground? Are they making money hand over fist? Or are we? Do, I mean, what's that situation? Because I'm kind of, I don't know that. That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. I don't know offhand. You can always go to the magic Google machine, I guess, and pull some stats. Yeah, Speaking of, it, it, but it's funny. It's funny that uh, you bring up those metal bands that were nominated. You're saying this year? Yeah. Not Slayer, okay. but Judith Priest, Motorhead. Um, I saw somewhere Iron Maiden was, too, but I don't see it on this list. But er- that's every year, but dude. They're Iron not- Maiden and Judith Priest, and those bands get nominated every year, and they never fucking make it. Motorhead's mm-hmm. been nominated like five or six times in a row. And if you're talking about physical sales, I'm sure all of those bands that you mentioned are in the, I don't, God, multi-millions of sales, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And so what, oh, yeah. it, what it sounds like to me when you say who's actually in the running, Notorious B.I.G., Whitney Houston. No, those uh, are the winners. They've already announced the winners. So those six bands I read oh. is this year's winners. The, the oh, Pesh- okay. Doobie I, see, Brothers, I don't, I don't pay attention. I don't pay attention to it at all. Uh, so what it sounds like to me is not physical sales. It's more like hits as far as what's been played on the radio. Yep. Like as far as what's been, yeah, what's what's main, what's on mainstream radio is what counts. Mm-hmm. And we're back because to that Iron crazy, Maiden, fucking archaic way to look at music. Hmm. I suppose so. Well, I mean, yeah, it is, but. Uh, it's different than physical sales, like you said. It's more popularity. It's more of a popularity contest. But it is crazy because you have, uh, what do you call, like a, a playlist that a radio station will play. And that used to be mm-hmm. dictated by a program director, a human being. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, I believe that that's dictated by a computer algorithm somehow. That sounds about uh, right. Yeah, I don't believe. Yeah, I don't believe that there's actually a human being like uh, uh, coming in Andy. and saying, "Hey, everybody's <laughs> requesting this." You know. Uh, so I you're saying there's just, no, there's know. no, uh, there's no Andy Travis working at the station, <laughs> running around. <laughs> John, John that is a sweet, right. sweet, sweet WKRP in Cincinnati reference that only one percent of our fucking listeners. <laughs> <laughs> They're all on the same poll right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only people who know who, who um what booger is or um Doctor Fever is. Jo- yeah, Johnny Fever. <laughs> right, he said booger and got fired. Remember yeah. that's the first episode. Okay, hey, we're gonna get my um buddy Travis in here. Speaking of Andy Travis, we're gonna get my buddy Travis in here. D, if you want to get him on the phone. So we were talking about WKRP and Andy Travis, and then cause. The Cosmos answered, and our friend Travis is on the line now. <laughs> Travis, what's up? Did you used to work at WKRP? I'm just, just trying to get over the WKRP reference that, that it's even remembered. So. <laughs> Dude, we had an Exodus reference and a WKRP reference. We are old, we are too old for podcasting. This is like talking about like hula hoops and pet rocks on TikTok. We don't belong on this platform, dude. We're too fucking old. Wow. All right, we're going to hit the Ticketmaster story that I want to talk about. D, why don't you give us the breakdown of what Ticketmaster's doing? 
Okay, so Ticketmaster is trying to keep everyone safe, and that I think is the most important thing. By charging fifty dollars surge fee charges. Well, I don't know about the fees and charges and things like that because it hasn't quite come down the pike yet. But basically, Ticketmaster wants to make it so that in order to purchase a ticket for an event within 24 to 72 hours prior, you need to be able to have a negative COVID test. So what they want to do is they want to make it so that you go to your doctor and get the test that mm -hmm. the doctor uploads it to one of the systems that's being used. IBM has one. Some different states have their own systems and apps and things um, to keep track of whoever's sick. And then that information uploads to Ticketmaster's um, database or whatever. And if you're negative, then you're eligible to purchase a ticket. Um, that's I'm going to make so much money off of that. I'm going to get some Q-tips. I'm going to get some Q-tips, a table. <laughs> Some fifty-year-old rocker wanting to go to the Motley Crew reunion show, going yeah. to his doctor and be like, "Oh, so you're getting a COVID test? Do you have symptoms?" And the dude's like, "No, I just want to fucking rock. I want to rock. I want to see the Motley Crew." I don't, how is this? Let me start with Travis since he just got in here. How is this logistically possible to pull this off, Travis? I mean, it's not. I mean, and plus, go to the Motley Crew concert. I mean. If Tommy Lee's back there, there's already enough disease there. It's going to kill everybody. So can this be implemented? Is this a PR stunt, or can this actually be implemented on some, any grand scale? I mean, I think it can be implemented. I mean, they were able to squeeze $20 extra out of concert tickets, you know, on us just out of the blue years ago. So I don't doubt anything they can't do. Dude, I saw, I went to Ticketmaster. It was inside like a Sears Optical, or not a Sears Optical. When I was working at Sears Optical, it was like inside of JCPenney's or something. And I went in there, and I, I was the second person in line. And Girls Against Boys already sold out before I got to the fucking counter. How are you going to get tickets if you're rushing around trying to get a COVID test? <laughs> this shit sells out so quick. I don't understand the logistics. Anybody, somebody chime in. Dan, you're a pragmatist like I me. How are you going to get a COVID I, test when everyone's bum rushing to get the same, like, you know, Lady Gaga tickets at the same time? How, everybody's going to have to try to rush around and get COVID tests to be the first one to get their Lady Gaga tickets or Journey tickets or whatever? I don't understand this. Here, here's what's going to happen. All right. So remember back in the day, it was all about getting in places with your fake IDs, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be fake, fake COVID results. And I swear to God, there's going to be so many people showing up to this, these shows with a note that just says, he's negative, signed Epstein's mother. People are going to fake, they're going to fake these things to get in. And there's oh, yeah. not going to, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Ticketmaster can go fuck themselves, in my opinion. And they always could. I've, I've, I've never liked Ticketmaster. I, mm -hmm. I actually used to call them Ticket Bastards back in the 90s. <laughs> you're, printing, you're, you're printing out a piece of a paper at a he fucking hex in the mall <laughs> yep. and charging people 25 extra dollars for the convenience when that person that printed it is making $9 an hour. Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. I call bullshit. I don't like it. It pisses me now, off. Here's the follow-up question. And I would boy anything Ticketmaster sponsors. I would not do it. I don't care. Here's the follow-up question to what you were saying. Since everybody there is going to be assumed to be COVID-free, are you going to have to wear masks in there? Or is it like no masks, no social distancing, because everybody's got a clear – and nobody's unclean. Everybody's got their clear, their clean bill of health. Yeah, you're still going to have to wear a mask. I think you're Why? If everybody's COVID-free, how could they enforce the mask thing if nobody has COVID? I mean, they can't enforce it now, but they still want you to yeah. wear it. So, you know, it's going to be one of those things if you – I mean, if you're in a concert, yeah, they, they, you can go in. It's just like, I don't know. It's like, you know, trying to enforce, you know, underage uh, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things. They'll just, oh, you're not, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to do that. I, I understand where they're trying to come from to kickstart this thing, but um, it's just a, it's a new day. And it, it, like, like you guys were saying, I don't, see how you, it, it's either going to be a couple of scams. You're going to get people out there that are going to get fake 
COVID <laughs> test, or you're gonna, are you gonna COVID get somebody? COVID results, COVID results. Yeah, scalpel are, right. Are you tickets? Yeah, <laughs> or are you gonna get somebody that's like, hey man, I'll charge you like ticket scalpers. You're gonna get the dudes that are out there, like, yo, I can get, you, I can get you a COVID test right now, and and get the and results really back while you wait. You know, test, drunks pissing on exactly. the dicks yeah. the lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's right. gonna be some hustlers out Not there making only- money off of this thing. I'm saying, what if the what if it's a what if these are tickets to uh, Chicago, like a big horn band, <laughs> where yeah, they're yeah. they're blowing their spit all over you, you know what I mean? As you're as you're in the front row. <laughs> yeah. What you're saying is this wouldn't have worked during the Gigi Allen days. Oh no! Oh yeah. God! Dude, if you if you if you're at a Ticketmaster though. Yeah, Gigi Allen. Yeah, I don't know how many people went up to Hex and was asking Gigi Allen tickets. <laughs> oh goodness! Little lady bingo groups. Gigi Allen. That sounds like a nice little lounge singer. Let's go to the Gigi yeah. Allen show, Myrtle. <laughs> Myrtle. <laughs> Let's buy our tickets right next to you know the gift wrapping station and get our Gigi Allen yeah. tickets. You know. Yep. <laughs> look hey, at the dog. look at the lovely fondue pot over there on the side. <laughs> All right, oh, so, so nobody thinks this is going to work, right? This is just legitimately a stupid fucking idea, right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Because look, no one's going to go. It'll be too hard. It's hard enough to get people to go to shows as it is. And then you, dude, you, you put on that layer. You put on that layer. Yeah. You just kiss. I'll be like, dude, I'm going to get COVID. I'm going to see the band. No one's going to do Look that. At, what was it? Uh, was it WWE for a while there? They had their own people in the uh, practice behind the panels. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? How long did that yeah, last? They made, <laughs> they made, I, mean, I don't know, man. Like, it's, I don't know, man. I'm just going to have to wait until, I mean, I don't know when we're going to get arena shows again. That's crazy. Do you think we'll ever get club? How do you think it's going to look after all of this is done? When you know, hypothetically, we get a, a vaccine. Every you know, the the rate is way low. How do you, how do you think it's going to affect like local music, especially you guys? Um, I know uh, Dan and Danny, you guys are a big proponent for local music, especially down in Southern Maryland. So, how do you think that's going to look? Uh, it'll be great in the summertime when everything can be outside. It just might be the winter. Um, the winter hibernation will be the new normal. Where wintertime, a lot of the um, guys around here would play the circuit all winter. You know, and it was cool because there was always something to do Friday, Saturday night, and on Sunday too. Yeah, yeah. But it'll get cold. You can't be inside. Everything will pack up. But that's when artists need to get online, get digital. You know, and that's that time of year to do that. You know, they've just got to rethink how to be a band. You know, you got to learn what you learned and just mold to the times because, you know, if you can't be in the club because it's against the, the orders, you have to still get your name out there on a weekly basis. So the online mm-hmm. part of it is more important. Can I give you some numbers as kind of an admin to this that has to do with COVID? And these, this is just a handful I pulled. Let me read you some bands who came out with albums this year and when the last mm-hmm. time they w- was, they came out with an album before 2020. But now everybody mm-hmm. has all this free COVID time. Sacred Rights, right. 30 years ago. Mr. Bungle, 20 years ago. The Go-Go's, over 20 years ago. Ozzy, 10 years ago. The Vapors, 40 years ago. Psychedelic Furs, 30 years ago. X, 20 years ago. Hum, 20 years ago. Blue Oyster Cult, 20 years ago. The Dixie, not Dixie Chicks, whoever they are now. Um, 15 years ago. Look at all these bands who couldn't get their shit together to put out an album in 20, 30, 40 years, and now that they're locked in a fucking house picking flowers off the wallpaper, they're finally putting out some new music. Wow. Yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't mm. do the county fair tours no more. Yeah, I did a county <laughs> fair circuit. a lot out of you creatively. Oh, the county fair circuit dried up. Oh, my God, that's great. <laughs> No, <laughs> so in that sense, it's been kind of good, right? Because you have all these bands digitally singing for their supper online and hustling to put out new music for the first time in twenty or thirty years. Yeah, that's, that's right. when you think about it. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. I mean, that's this is what it took. To, they were like, "Well, we still got bills to pay. 
And, I feel yeah. like the yeah. Vapors comes on stage. He goes, hi, we're the Vapors. We sang Turning Japanese 40 years ago. Here we go. <laughs> we have a new album. You don't give a shit. Now we're just going to play Turning Japanese nine times. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped doing the thing that made me turn Japanese because I'm 40 years old. Yeah, <laughs> my prostate can't take that song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me move on to this last subject. I want to get everybody in here, but I'm going to hit the gu- guitar gurus first because this is in their wheelhouse. Eddie Van Halen passed away. I think it's well, – how old was he? Was he 60 or 70? 60. 60. Damn, that's young. Uh, I say yeah, he wasn't it, 70. Yeah. Yeah, I say at this age, if there was a time I thought 60 was like fucking sitting on the porch in Mayberry, ancient. But um, he died of cancer this year. And this is what got me to thinking. My dad, who like just listened to like, I don't even know, like lounge music. He didn't listen to anything rock and roll. He knew nothing about rock and roll. He knew who Eddie Van Halen was. He knew who Santana was. He knew who Eric Clapton was. As somebody my age, like my dad was when he knew all those cats, what guitar heroes does this generation have? Like, what 20-year-old guitar heroes are there that everybody's heard of? Because I don't know any. John Mayer. Well, John Mayer. There it is. It's John Mayer. (laughs) I don't know who that is. That's it. It's it's John Mayer and that narcissistic Joe Bonamassa or whatever. I can't stand that guy. (laughs) But but these these are some of the guys. I mean... What, there's no such thing as guitar rock in this new age. It's all there's no smoking hot guitar players that are just tearing it up that are young anymore. This just doesn't exist. I don't why because because playing guitar takes time and it's hard and this these kids don't want to put the fucking time in. So you're yeah. saying they spend more time playing Guitar Hero on Xbox than their actual guitar. Yeah, they don't want to put the work in. So their heroes are still the older guys to this day. Yeah. Those. That's it. That's all there is to it. You could ask a 19-year-old who started playing, and he said, I will sell it. I love Jimi Hendrix. I love Eric Clapton. You know, the heroes are still the same. Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, my dad knew who Jimi Hendrix was. He knew nothing of rock and roll, but he knew who those guys were because they were fucking interwoven with the cultural (laughs) zeitgeist where everybody knew who those cats were. Travis, do you agree? Like, did everybody, like, did all our parents know who Jimi Hendrix was? And now I don't have an idea who's playing guitar now. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, you know, my parents were the Hendrix generation, and I was still listening to them. My niece, who's 14, was talking to me about Hendrix about two weeks ago, and she was talking to me about the Doors. She's got into all this 60s, 70s music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I couldn't. And I don't think there'll be any more guitar heroes because everybody else is just copying what they've already heard. Yeah, but yeah. if nature uh, abhors a vacuum, won't that vacuum of there being no guitar heroes go, damn, dude, I could make a lot of fucking money if I just be, excel at the guitar. If I become a virtuoso at the guitar. I could, like, make a billion fucking dollars and everybody will know me because nobody's doing it. Why is nobody stepping up just out of pure greed? Uh, I think you're going to see in the next 10 to 15 years another cycle of musicians come through. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, I see the younger kids right now that are 9, 10, 11, 12, sporting Thrasher magazine T-shirts, but they have no idea what it is. So I think that generation is <laughs> curious That's about true. that genre or that, that, that lifestyle. So music's real prevalent, guitar playing's real prevalent in that. And then when I worked in music retail and – in 2015 and some couple years ago, I did see some younger kids that, that shocked me that were coming in to get instruments. So I think another 10 to 15 years, you might actually see kind of a resurgence. So I'm kind of optimistic on it because it's never been a better time to be a guitar player. The gear is it's phenomenal. Yeah, um, yep. You can't buy a piece of junk anymore. It's kind of impossible. The companies, even their economy guitars, they know not to make, to make sure the core guitar actually works. So you're just buying fit and finish as you get a higher price. So nobody's buying a Fender Performer out of the cardboard box like we did for our first guitar. No, no, no. I'm saying like those days are gone. So when the parents get the music store, even the starter kit, even that, I mean, it, it's an actual playable instrument that you can actually learn on. I'm not going to say it's like I would play one, but I'm saying for someone starting out with Squire, Guitar, Strat, and entry level is phenomenal, and Kevin Jones can even comment on that, man. 
the, the game on those instruments right now is just insane. And I, I'm just happy to be a part of it, being, being in the scene with it to enjoy Are it. Are they still selling Gorilla amps? Starter no, amps? Remember that, Gorilla? Yeah, the DG20. <laughs> I had one, Nick. I had a Gorilla. And I had to play a bass through it. Honda bass. That was my that was my initiation rig. <laughs> yeah, oh, get him at get him at Raylon Music in Waldorf, Maryland. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I think really um, I think you're talking about um, I think I think uh, Dan made a good point because you know one even though as as crazy as the times are right now, I think one of the things that has happened is people have had to slow down. And people are basically inside house, you know, inside their house the whole time. So what better way to occupy your time than a listen to music that you never listened to, listen to older music, which you're seeing a lot of, and learning instruments. So it wouldn't surprise me, you know, that next generation that when you see that guitar virtuoso or some really good band come out, they were like, yeah, well, it, during COVID time, I, you know, my parents told me to pick up an instrument and we started doing it. And next thing you know, we're out here doing our thing. It wouldn't surprise me if you see a, a boost in that. Kevin. You're absolutely right. Let me say this to Kevin. Do you feel like if what everybody's saying is true, a lot of this is going to be heavily influenced by 60s and 70s guitars? Or are they going to find a way to kind of make an amalgam of the 60s and 70s with what's current and come up with something really new? Can you even invent a new type of music at this point? That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That that comes down to popularity again. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know what the kids are listening to these days. I mean, I, you're from Washington, D.C. Uh, area, Nick. Uh, you remember uh, D.C. 101. Right, right. I, I turn that on. I turn that on these days, and I can't recognize what that is anymore like they're playing i don't i i i don't know i'll come up with an artist off the top of my head like uh cage the elephant or something like that and it just mm -hmm. doesn't move me uh i don't know i hope that uh, you know uh, because i grew up with rock music i hope that rock music has a resurgence but it doesn't bother me if it doesn't uh if edm is the new uh classic rock fine that's fine if that's what's making young people happy um as far as a new virtuoso on an old instrument um i mean there's still people out there that are inventive with a guitar you've got nels klein i mean i know he's not young but he's you know uh influential you've got anthony mm -hmm. Perug uh from the dc area uh who's very good uh very influential, um, but um, yeah. As far as new music, um, I don't know what that looks like. Like, and let I me put it say, this way. Let me let me kind of jump in here real quick and put it this way. I made a G.G. Allen joke, and everybody got it. And I would say that all of our peers would get it, even if they didn't listen to punk. Is there somebody who could cross genre and and just be an entity of themselves? Like an Eddie Van Halen. Can that happen again? Where even if you listen to country music in the 80s, you knew who Eddie yeah. Van Halen was. Yeah, I think so. It's just going to look different. I mean, look look at a group like Run the Jewels, for example. They cross right. over all platforms. So you're getting people that are listening to them for them, period. Then, then you throw in uh, Zach De La Roque, who's, uh, who has been on every one of their albums. And then their last album, they had Josh Holm and Melvin Staples on one song together, so it's like it's wow. it's going to be it's it's not going to be what we see it as. It's going to be like these groups that take what they do and and just go into other forms and bring those people along with them. Like my son, he listens to uh uh you know a lot of the stuff we listen to, but then all of a sudden he hears you know Run the Jewels or whatever, and then he hears Zach on that from Raising His Machine. He's like, oh, that's you know, and then he ties that together with, you know, if we're listening to something else and I'm like, Oh yeah, check out this guitarist from them. And he, you know, he, he's an actually guitarist and he plays on other people, you know, albums that are sort of newer than what we know. And that's how it's going to be. It's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be just the normal. It's not going to look like it looked when we were growing up. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to take on a different look, but it's going to be artists that push that envelope though to, uh, to do that. So here's my opinion. I'll well, let me ask to Travis. I feel 
brand new genre of music was rave, like house, jungle, all that. Travis, do you think there's room for a brand new genre of music, or have we just burned out every type of fucking music you can do? You know, I want to be optimistic. You know, I heard somebody say that earlier, because, I mean, I, I love to hear different genres mesh together, so you can always, I think, create something new. So, I mean, what it is, I don't know, and it's, you know, it'd be different for everybody, but I definitely think, you know, something new can come around, or at least something a little bit different than what you used to like to bring you back. I don't know. All right. Let's um, finish up with this. 2021. I'll start, let's start backwards, and I'll end with Adele. Travis, how are you feeling about music in 2021? Do you think the shows are coming back? The concerts are coming back. I was checking out a little bit of the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just out of curiosity. They're doing a lot of that via Zoom. Um, a, a lot of anything these days are happening via Zoom. Is anything going to look, broadly, is anything going to look like it used to look post-COVID? And kind of um, getting it down to the music aspect, has music changed forever you mean, because of this? You mean pre-COVID? Yeah, pre-COVID, sorry. Yeah, it seems going to look different. No, it seems going to look different post-COVID than they look now for the music world, as they looked before this all started. Yeah, I think it's going to take a while before it ever looks like it did pre-COVID. In the live, you know, being live music. I think in the summer, you know, as mentioned earlier, they can have some outdoor shows. I think we'll see more come around then. But I just don't see it picking up too much in 21. But... I do think it's going to come back, just not next year. Dan A, is, what's music going to look like in 2021? There, I put a list of bands that were coming out with shit for the first time in years. Are we going to see a lot more albums, comeback albums, or has that has that been exhausted this year? And it's going to the yep. well's going to kind of dry up. I'll tell you this: I got a feeling 21 is going to be a good year. Nice. Kevin, you might you, you might get that. <laughs> But <laughs> if you and me see it in together, that, that's what I thought it is. So yeah, I, I mean, I want to be optimistic, and I want to, I want to really have a positive outlook. But knowing what we know, I really feel like the mass thing is not going away anytime soon. Uh, right. The large gatherings are not going away anytime soon. But Ticketmaster is going to protect you. But thank, thank you to our Lord and Savior, Ticket Bastard, <laughs> for making sure that everyone comes in with a legitimate test result to make sure we can enjoy concerts together. Um, I gotta, I'll say this. 21, all right, let's, let's, let's be honest. The first six months of, of 21 are not going to look that different than the last eight months of 20. If there's mm. still going to be all this shit in place, I, don't, I think we're not out of the woods in 21. But I think you will see more opportunities to see things that you didn't think were possible again mm-hmm. through, through responsible actions and well-organized events. And if you got to decide whether or not you want to go out and do it. And if you do and you're feeling the need where you're sick of it, you're sick of the masks, you're tired of not being able to, you need to have some normalcy, by all means, please go for it. Here's and the then as an individual... Question. Will ripping off your mask at a concert or thrown on stage be the equivalent of ripping your bra off in the eighties and throwing it up on stage? <laughs> it's, it's the pan- the mask is, masks are panties, man. Yeah, I, 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 I work with guys that have beards and it looks like a seventies underwear ad when they wear a mask. <laughs> Everything They're saying yellow. masks are face panties. <laughs> face panties. So we all have to decide what, you know, we all have to decide if it's responsible enough to, to risk it, or we may just say, fuck it, we're tired of it, we're going for it. And, you know, I don't know. That's all I got with that. Do you That's see, my opinion. Do you see guitarists ripping their masks off and getting on their knees and burning them on stage like Hendrix? Or smashing <laughs> them like the, like the who? <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. I'm just, I'm just picturing that now. How Hendrix like did his things with his hands where he's wafting it up. Yep. Because if they're panties, I'm wafting panties all day long. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't care burning panties. I don't I don't care if they're big enough to hide behind the stage with your band name on them. 
Kevin, 2021, how you feeling? Well, tell me about future. I think I'm gonna go. I think that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with uh, the previous two answers, and I think that uh, it's not gonna look too much different than uh, where we are now. Uh, but we do have a new president elect, and I believe that he will listen to the scientists a little more, and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll have not exactly. Uh, I mean, hopefully we'll have a cure, but at least we'll have, maybe we'll have a little more, uh, I don't know, treatments maybe. Uh, like I was listening to a podcast the other day where there's a possibility of like a nasal spray that'll keep you protected for 24 hours. Um, I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping for, you know, treating the symptoms and, lessening the uh the the curve uh as far as this disease but uh until that happens i'm not going to be going out to uh black cat or anthem or Once any again, kind of you uh, know ticketmaster has your back right well i ticketmaster uh, i do got know you. that but i don't trust them what wow <laughs> maybe it's just me <laughs> <laughs> but I don't trust them. They've 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 screwed me in the past. Just Fair on enough. surcharges alone, you know. Odell, I'll let you have the last word on this, and we'll get everyone out of here. Twenty twenty one, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling. Uh, I'm pretty similar to everybody else. I think the first few months, if we can, with what's hopeful, you know, with new leadership, that we can get things under wrap because. I know a lot of concerts that we were planning on going to uh, this year have been pushed back literally a year. So, um, uh, so I'm, 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 I'm hoping that. Like literally, that, they're ta- they like literally pushed this out. Yeah. It started August 1st of this year or June yeah. 1st of this year. They said, line them all up exactly the same and just write a yep. one, cross out the zero and put a one at the end is what people are yep, telling that's us. That's it. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping if, if everybody listens and, and does what they're supposed to do and we get some things, you know, uh, some vaccines and some things regulated that we can enjoy. I think, honestly, I said, what I really feel is when it does come back, it's going to come back with a vengeance. I mean, people are going to be, I don't think people are going to take it for granted to be able to, to see a show or to go out and enjoy, you know, free concerts in the park or all of those kind of things. I think people are really going to enjoy getting out and, and um, investing back into the arts. So um, I think it's going to be a good year. If, if if we can hold on for the first few months, you know, get to like June, you know, May, late May, early June, and, and then we're good. I think it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. Right on. All right, Travis, man. Thanks so much for calling in tonight. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Yep. Keep, Hey, do you got anything you want to, um, pitch on here you putting out any new music on your page is it something public everyone can find it's public uh nothing new right now you know i've been the opposite of everybody else during covid i've been just lazy and hey man that's okay <laughs> too hey. <laughs> maybe, maybe i'm just saving it up for the second wave so the second wave will be my creative wave Right that no ride that sweet yeah. second show, COVID wave. <laughs> there you go. Bless you, Travis. Bless you, Travis. Bless you. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, Dan and Dan. Um, I want to thank you for calling in. I'm hoping I'll be on your show again this year, right? Before the end of the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and tell everybody where we can oh, find yeah. you on the big magical interwebs. Harsha, take Thanks. it away, Dan Harsha. Yeah, facebook.com backslash the guitar gurus. Check us out, check us out. Or go on YouTube, the Southern Maryland Guitar Guru Show. And you're on what, 96, 97? What episode are you getting ready for? Episode 96 comes out tomorrow night at 8 p.m. And hopefully Mr. Alban will be doing the um, preview video at 7 p.m., previewing the episode, getting everybody ready, reminding everybody it's coming. We always have better nights when that thing comes out. So I'm looking right. forward to all it. Right. right on. All, all right, good. man. Thanks, guys. You all stay safe. Yeah. Kevin right. Jones. Be good. Thanks, you. Yeah. Kevin Jones, where can we find your podcast? Because I sure in the hell know we can't find it on SoundCloud. <laughs> well, before. Uh, it's not Well, <laughs> you may be able to. That's where, that's where I started out. But I only have a free account. So I got filled up pretty quickly. 
Other than oh, SoundCloud, gotcha, gotcha. I would suggest I would suggest uh, anywhere else. Uh, I, I host my um, well, my distributor is Anchor, uh, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on uh, Spotify. Uh, pretty much anywhere except SoundCloud, where you listen to podcasts. Uh, we're up to episode nine. We're up to episode nine. Uh, it's a monthly podcast because that's what I can handle. I have a day job, and uh, it's hard to wrangle my co-host, uh, Andy Dorsey, but it's so worth it. No. Please give it a listen. Uh, it's very laid back. It's just, you know, me and Andy are the, are the hosts. We're on there all the time, but we and it's not a mess like this guest. episode. Uh, usually not, uh, but we try to have another guest, and um, it's just a laid back atmosphere where it's just a couple of buddies talking about music. We we pick a theme and we play at least three songs uh, around that theme and talk about you know what those songs mean to us and. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Give it a listen. Uh, if I could um, just make one final point about what music looks like now. Yeah, please. Um, uh, I would urge people to support their favorite artists. Um, mm. just, just buy their records. If they're having a, I don't know, uh, a streaming event, buy tickets for that or just watch it if it's free uh, because this disease is affecting artists tremendously. Yes, and um, and uh, that's, a, that's a damn shame because um, I consider myself an artist even though I have a day job, but I would, I would hate to see the arts go away just because of uh, a pandemic. Uh, well, so if you just, listen to you know, Pete Snyder, you can't stop rock and roll, baby. Absolutely. And I, I believe that wholeheartedly. But do your part and, you know, go on Bandcamp and uh, buy your friend's record for $5 or whatever. And, uh, you know, just go out there and support as much as you can. If you can't do it, uh, if we're, you know, especially can't, since we can't do it live, do it virtually. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And also listen to the basement shuffle and there it uh, is. hopefully there it is. because I'm trying, I'm trying to get, uh, your co-host Odell on there. Uh, yeah. Soon. Yep. And, uh, it's going to be a very special episode. Uh, I can't divulge what it is because I don't want to do it <laughs> until I've got everybody in place. But I think uh, the real question listen. is where will there be face panties? I'm still trying to figure out how to do that virtually. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can make a GIF of it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll start up a PO box where you can send flaming panties to me. You mean a piss box. But, um, <laughs> 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 Absolutely, and uh, yeah, we ne- we definitely need to start the piss box punk band. Uh, there but, you go. Uh, yeah, uh, like Almost I said, Odell, uh, anyway. Johnson family apple cart, J Fat, best name ever that Dorsey came up with. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin. Go ahead. But uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I love uh, cross promoting. Uh, with the podcast, especially with the uh, guitar gurus, uh, it sounds yeah, like uh, Nick, you're going to be on their episode soon. Indeed. And, hey, who's uh, your next? Odell who's your next guest? Who's your Who's your next guest coming on, up? Oh, on the Basement Shuffle. Yeah. Uh, funny you should ask. It's going to be Dan Alban from the Guitar Gurus. This is like when BJ and the Bandit yeah, I can't wait. up with Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> yeah, or like a Marvel, Marvel mashup. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> can, we get Paul, can we get Paul Williams? Can we get Paul Williams, please? Dude, I've actually tried to get oh. him on musical osmosis, and sadly, he 
wouldn't come on the show. But I would love to have Damn Paul Williams. He's amazing. All right, guys, All right, we are Alex. out. We are going to do one more quick update with some new, with a new review, a new artist spotlight, and a new playlist um, this week. And then we are taking a four or five week break. Odell, how do you feel? I don't think we've had a five, four or five week break since we started doing this, huh? I know. I know. It's going to be left. This year is flying by, so it, it'll it'll be here before we know it. And we've got to. I posted something today saying I need like some of my weirdo friends to give me some out-of-the-box ideas for the end-of-the-year show. Because after that uh-huh. two-and-a-half-hour Halloween show, I don't have another like ten guests, like four-hour episode in me this year. No, I'm hoping I would like to. I would like to do something where we could have. I know this is where D would have to come in. Maybe have a couple guests do a couple like songs acoustic wise, and, and and see if we can get it. See if we can get it uh, out there or something like that. Actually, have a little live music at the end of the year on the show. That would be amazing. Hey, choose your own adventure. Like if you listen to hey. this podcast, we give you a code to this video. There you go. <laughs> like that. Who knows, dude? All right, guys. I want to say good night. Um, I we will be back the end of the year, and I hope everybody has a great holiday season. You too, baby. If you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati, Cincinnati WKRP. WKRP in Cincinnati